Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. This is the Monday edition of Victory Monday over here on Airline Drive. And greetings from Studio B with John DeShazer, Daniel Sallers, and Sean Kelly. All ready to go. Everybody's in a good mood here today. Everybody's in a good mood on the road this morning. Uh, everything's always nicer after a big, big weekend. How about it? Gleason Graw on Friday night, LSU beats Ole Miss on Saturday, and the Saints last night take care of business against the Green Bay Packers. We're all a little bleary-eyed here this morning as well. It was a late night for all involved, but we're glad to be with you here on this Monday morning. We're going to talk about the big game last night. We're going to take you inside the Saints locker room after the win, and we're also going to talk some basketball because here – on top of the wins and this good feeling on this Monday, this is also the first Monday of the NBA regular season. The Pelicans kick off tomorrow night at home against the Orlando Magic. J.D., pretty good Monday, I'd say. Yeah, it uh, it doesn't stop, huh? We don't just kind of segue from one to the other. But it's good to be busy, and it's certainly good um, after a win to, to be busy. Uh, yeah, big, big win for the Saints. I mean, you know, home magic and all that stuff, but – Green Bay comes in on a four-game winning streak and, you know, necessarily know how the Saints are playing great. You know, they play pretty well in Detroit. We've talked about that, but Detroit ain't Aaron Rodgers and they ain't Green Bay. So uh, to come in here and basically, you know, smack Green Bay around in the second half was was really big. I think I outscored them like 28-7 to in the second half, something like that, and and you just didn't see that coming. But touchdowns on four consecutive drives uh, – Got a couple of turnovers. All the things you wanted to see the Saints do, they did, and you know, on, on throughout Sunday night, and especially in the second half. So, you know, you you now you take the momentum and see if you can carry it over to Carolina. Sometimes it sounds like coach speak, but Coach Payton described last night's win as a team win, and it certainly fits. There's no doubt about that. And and I'll be honest, last week, I was not in any position to predict a winner to the game. I just my only prediction was that I thought it'd be really close. Um, and I was wrong on that. That's <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, John, the way the game starts yesterday, uh, I almost thought whoever wins the coin toss <laughs> would have a, an upper hand. And sure enough, the Packers won the coin toss and scored using a big play 
on their first possession. But then this mirror effect that happened through the first two quarters was really scary, I think, in some form or fashion, because it would play toward the prediction that I had said that it would come down to the last possession. It would be very close. But what 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 started the change in your eyes from the first half to the second half? Well, I mean, really, you know, it was the Saints getting a turnover. I mean, that's where it that's where it flipped in in the second half. And the first half was, you know, the Saints were able to buckle down in the red zone and get a couple of not stops, but for what was happening, stops. When you allow field goals to a team like Green Bay, and I think Green Bay drove to the three at one time, drove to the 31, drove to the 13 another time, to hold them to field goals in those situations was a win for the Saints defense, especially after the way they finished out last game. So to be able to keep them to nine points total as opposed to 21 or, you know, 17 was huge because that allowed the offense to kind of get its feet under itself a little bit because the Saints offense, even though they were matching it blow for blow, you know, they were field goals also Mm -hmm. instead of touchdowns. And Green Bay is by no, you know, means great shakes defensively. Now they did have forced a lot of turnovers this season. They were plus 10 in the turnover ratio leading the league going into last night. But, you know, they hadn't been great stoppers and the Saints were, you know, matching them blow for blow. But they couldn't quite nudge ahead and then to get that turnover in, in the second half, especially after the Saints opened up the second half, their first drive, end up turning over the ball on downs, you know, fourth down, getting stopped on a run. And then they go down, Green Bay goes down to, I think, about the five or so, and they're trying to hit a little quick slant. And, you know, Corey Wright jumps the route and gets a tip, and David Hawthorne intercepts it. And, you know, four plays later, the Saints have an 88-yard touchdown drive, which is what we expect from the Saints because that's what we see from them all last season and a lot of times in the Superdome. So that really, really flipped the momentum. That one turnover at home just juiced the crowd. It juiced up the team. It juiced up the players. Because I could, you could, you could kind of sense a little deflation after that fourth down stop when they didn't convert on fourth down. It, it's, it's pretty hard. You give Green Bay a short field. Green Bay marches right down. And they look like they're going to score and take the lead. And all, all of a sudden, you know, it's flipped. And the Saints have a 23-16 lead. So I think that turned out to be huge. But those field goals in the first half, that really did it for the Saints. They needed to get some holes there. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, I think that um, sometimes we give coaches, and I'm not talking about just head coaches, but coaching staffs, I think sometimes they get too much credit. I think they sometimes get too much of the blame. Um, I think they uh, – do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I guess what I want to say is this. Looking back on last Monday when Coach Payton comes back after the Detroit loss and basically comes out and shares a message with the media and the fans that he shared with the players in that, hey, look, the loss stinks. We have to be better at finishing. But at the same time, boy, there was a lot of things I liked about the game film against Detroit. I really feel like this team's about to bust through. Um and then they stick the cartoon on each guy's locker. And I don't know if any of you who are listening saw the cartoon, but the basic gist of it is this. There are, there are two different sections of the cartoon. On the top is a guy just digging away with a pickaxe, and you see a diamond mine still just a little ways ahead of him, but he's just he's digging away. And on the bottom half of this cartoon is the same guy digging through a tunnel of his own toward the same diamond mine. He's just about there. But after all that digging, and he still hasn't found anything, he gives up. So, you know, the cartoon basically is, which one of these guys are you? You know, it's it's right there for the taking. Uh, you're closer than you think. Um, but are you giving up? Or are you going to keep digging? 
Um, so in that sense, and only because I couldn't detect any more gimmick type stuff or motivational type things that the Saints used last week, it seemed like that was the right message at the right time for his football team. Yeah, well, it was probably going to be one of two messages. Either you were going to encourage him or you're going to kick him in the rear ends and say, you know, hey, we gave away a game. But I think that was the perfect way to do it because, you know, you look back at it and there were so many good things to like in that Detroit game outside of the last five minutes. And and so then the theme became, okay, we're right there. Now what we got to do is finish. And that's pretty much what they did with Green Bay. They put on a finishing kick last night that was very, very impressive and uh, didn't put on that finishing kick in Detroit and end up losing the game and you know, hadn't, didn't put on that finishing kick in Atlanta, didn't put it on in Cleveland. And that's how you end up with a three-point loss in Atlanta and a two-point loss in Cleveland and a one-point loss in Detroit. And you're walking around scratching your head saying, you know what, we're right there. What in the heck is going on? Well, you know, it's a trite word to say. Everybody said finish, 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 finish. Well, it's true. You know, sometimes all of, all it is is just finishing. And then, you know, you got to have a little positive reinforcement because now isn't the time to kind of jump that, down guys' throats. They know from the film work who did what and who messed up and all those kinds of things. And I think Rob Ryan said, you know, some pretty pertinent things last week. He was saying, look, a lot of it's execution. You can write all the schemes down you want to. You know, you can scheme up as much as you want to, but if you don't execute it, then it doesn't mean anything. It's not worth the paper you, you draw it up on. So if you're able to execute, you know, you're able to get some things done. The Saints executed at the right times last year, last night. You don't have a lot of games where you give away 500 yards and feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you just, that doesn't happen. But, again, these guys say, okay, we'll give you the yards, but we won't give you the points. If we give you the yards – and you get to the red zone, that's fine. But if you got to kick field goals, we think we can beat you. And that's what happened with Green Bay last night. It was okay. Aaron Rodgers hit the big, big pass, 70 yarder on the first drive. Next drive hits a 67 yard screen pass to Eddie Lacy, but they can't punch it in. And that turned out to be huge because now all of a sudden you're talking about maybe a back breaking touchdown or a spirit sapping touchdown as opposed to, hey, they got down there, but we able to hold them. We gave away a field goal. That don't feel so bad. Right. So now all of a sudden, you, t- you know, it's a whole different psyche. I think an underrated moment in the game is the drive to end the first half and kick a field goal and have that thing tied up going into the halftime locker room. Now, you look at the score and say, all right, Kelly, you're a, you're a moron because it was 44 – or, yeah, it was uh, 44 to 23 last night. So what does a field goal have to do with this? I just think, though, the mentality of the way that first half played out and the feeling you would have in the locker room if you were, say – down three as opposed to tied has something to say with maybe how you feel about going into quarters three and four. I just, again, I think that's, it's underrated. I could be wrong, but I thought it was a pretty crucial spot in that game. No, you go in on a high. I mean, you go in uplifted. You you say, okay, in a two-minute offense, you know, with no timeouts, we were able to get in position and kick a field goal and tie the game. You got to feel good about that. That's got to give you some momentum going into halftime now. It didn't necessarily carry over offensively because, again, they got stopped on that fourth down play. But, you know, they still felt pretty good about what they were doing because you're going neck and neck with a team that's, you know, leading the division, you know, four-game winning streak, uh, won eight straight in October, Green Bay had. And so now you feel like, okay, we're right there with them. Now if we can get one or two things to go our way, we can kind of, you know, tilt this thing in in our favor Shane Graham by the way with those field goals and extra points combined scored 14 points uh last night hey at the risk of sounding corny here um who gets game balls if I had to give out a game ball well David Hawthorne would get one because he ends up with an interception he he comes up with a crucial fourth down stop 
with Tyron Walker of Green Bay. So he kind of tilted, uh, helped tilt things defensively. I give one to Corey White just because he's been so, you know, you know, battle tested and, and, you know, just a guy who's been a, a whipping boy for, for much of this season. He ends up getting the pick and he forces the pick. He forces the PBU that ends up in the David Hawthorne pick. So defensively, I go with those guys. And I mean, of course, you got to go with Drew Brees offensively, you know, a guy who completes 27 to 32, you know, three touchdowns, 311 yards. Mark Ingram has a great game, you know, a career high in carries, 24, career high in rushing yards, 172, and he does most of that damage in the second half. I think he went 14 for 128 or something like that in the second half. So, you know, did a great job in the second half. And, and, and I mean, I, collectively, you want to give – you know, a little something to the offensive and defensive lines because the offensive line obviously opened up the holes for, for for Ingram. They did well in the pass protection game. You know, Drew Brees can't throw for 311 yards while being on his back, so they did a great job there. And the defensive line really applied some pressure to Aaron Rodgers. Now, you hear late late after you know, in the game that he injured his hamstring and he couldn't scramble the way he normally might have. But Cam Jordan and Akeem Hicks especially – were guys who were up front who gave their guys the business for most of the night. Every time you turned around, Cam Jordan was in on Aaron Rodgers and pretty close, ends up with a couple of sacks. And uh, Akeem Hicks really, really beat him up up the middle. He got some great shots, clean shots on Aaron on Aaron Rodgers that you know Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a hot tub, a cold tub, or some kind of tub this morning trying to get rid of that stuff. So, yeah, you, you like what happened with the offensive and defensive lines too. I love what you uh, had to say about Mark Ingram because I thought his – his ability to step up in that situation, um, rise to the occasion, fill that need was huge. And Brandon Cooks, by the way, was awfully good last night too. It all started with that jet sweep uh, that he scored his first rushing touchdown on, and uh, the ability to catch. Well, you know what was the fifty yarder that he catches? Yeah, which yeah. you know, and and you know what, and that says something about the trust that they have in him because he dropped a bomb earlier. You know, he he had one. Slipped through his fingers, a, a nice throw from Breeze, and he, you know, he had a little traffic there, but he just didn't come down with it, and that was that really surprised us because we've seen the kid catch everything, you know, from training camp on. So for him to have a drop was pretty surprising after he beats his guy deep. But they go back to him later, and he beats him again, and he ends up catching that one. And and speaking of which, right after the drop, you know, you remember the catch he made right after that? Yeah, the acrobatic one-handed deal. Yeah, oh, 90 yeah. times tougher than the one he dropped. Right. <laughs> so. I actually I, I told him that. I said, man, you made the next one look – I mean, you, you actually got the harder of the two offerings there yeah. Uh, yeah. in that situation. Hey, speaking of Brandon Cooks, I went one-on-one -on -one with him last night in the Saints locker room. I'm going to share that with you here in just a moment. We're also going to hear from Teron Armstead – uh, because John had pointed out the play of the offensive line uh, last night. So we'll listen to the uh, starting left tackle for the Saints. And then David Hawthorne, another one of John's game balls, will join us here uh, on Black and Blue Report today. All those visits one-on-one uh, -on -one last night in the Saints locker room. A locker room in which everyone was kind of in a rush to get out of there. Usually a winning locker room is slower, uh, savored, and the whole nine yards. But because of the time of day, and this next game coming up against Carolina, it was as if we were already packing trunks and equipment bags to go to Charlotte uh, last night, which um, credit bum and, and uh, Corey and all the equipment guys, Chief, uh, they probably were. <laughs> they probably yeah. were already yeah. getting ready the for The NFL did Charlotte. those guys and this franchise no favors None. with this schedule right here. Sunday night and then coming back Thursday night, no favors at all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John will be with us a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk about the turnaround now and uh, what lies ahead here for the Saints over the next 
what, 72 hours, I guess, is probably a fair window to uh, try and get our arms around this morning. And Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com will uh, come in and share us his eve of opener thoughts. Is that fair? It's not like Christmas Eve, but it's a yeah. opening Eve. NBA opening opening eve. eve. Yeah, NBA Eve or something yeah. like that. We'll, we'll unwrap get... AD. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of paper. A lot of paper. Uh, Jim will be here, too. All right, we've got a great show for you. Everybody's in a good mood. I hope you are, too. Let's get this Monday going here and get Brandon Cooks uh, in your ear in just a moment. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Don't miss Blue Man Group. The theatrical sensation is coming to you, and your chance to see it is right now. Blue Man Group, experience the phenomenon. Coming to Beau Rivage, October 31st to November 2nd. Get tickets at BeauRivage.com. What's up, black and gold fans? This is Anthony Mackey, Seven War Soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Brandon Cooks had a bit of a coming-out party last night. Of course, uh, he was uh, fantastic to watch during training camp. Uh, and then uh, still did a lot of things to help the team through the first uh, six games. But last night, uh, we saw him do a little bit more, some of the things that we saw during training camp. And with that, a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown last night. Brandon Cooks, all smiles last night in the Saints locker room. Brandon, congratulations. A huge win for your football team tonight. This obviously seemed to be a good team win, as Coach Payton described it. Uh, definitely a good team win. Um, you know, all around defense played great. Our running game went well, and our passing game went well. So when we get things clicking, uh, you know, we can be a special team. And, and for tonight, uh, I think guys saw that. I remember watching you during training camp and being used in a variety of ways that really seemed to kind of finally come to fruition for you tonight. Did the did the reverse kind of get you going? Did you know that that was going to be the start of a pretty good night? Uh, to be honest, I just I, I just I just felt like tonight was going to be a special night here from the team. Uh, so once once we got that uh, once I got that reverse, it was just like okay, let's let's get going. There were a couple of plays where you at least your body language or the way you carried out a route, it's almost as if you said to yourself, "I'm the fastest guy on the field, and I'm going to show you right now." Definitely, um, you know, like uh, my quarterback says, Drew, and like Lou says, just trust my speed and I understand that they've been playing with a lot of guys over years and, and they and they said the speed is something different so just trust it and that's what I did tonight. One of your touchdowns tonight I don't often see this in the NFL but lining up an eye formation I think it was double tight and then it's you isolated down the seam take me through that play. You know um, it was it was a shot play to be honest uh, you know it could have went either way it could have went to me or Jimmy or uh, whoever else the tight end was and it happened to come to me and uh, I had to make that play because a couple plays before that, I think it was the same play where I, I dropped it. So I, I told Drew I, I owed him one. Speaking of the drop, the drop didn't seem to be Brandon Cooks-like, but the very next play, you made it even more difficult catch. And, I, and, and I, I'm sure you felt 
that they were glad to go right back to you? You know, first of all, it, I felt great that they came back to me because, you know, that shows their confidence in me. And second of all, um, you know, some of the greatest drop them. And, you know, I happened to drop that one. I knew the next opportunity come my way, I had to catch it no matter what. It's your first year in the league, I understand that. But just being around this locker room, what does a win like this mean at this point in the season? It's special because it sparks a team and gives the team confidence, especially after a season that we've been having. Uh, to come out of Sunday night football against a great defense and a great team to pull this out um, is it, something special. Brandon, one last thing. This will be your first really short week in uh, probably yeah. ever, ever playing football. Yeah. How do you think you want to approach this? Just to take care of my body and uh, listen to the veterans that been through this. Um, you know, I can't go out there on my own and, because, I, like you said, I've never been through this before. So i got to, um, you know, go out there and follow some of the vets, Colson, and some of the guys, see how they take care of their body, see what they do, and uh, get acclimated to this. Nice work tonight. Thanks. Thank you very much. Certainly a star of the show, Brandon Cooks, last night in the big win over the Green Bay Packers. On the defensive side of the football, amongst a list of stars, was David Hawthorne, the uh, Saints linebacker, uh, picked off his first as a New Orleans Saint. And so last night, that turnover that he was able to grab off the uh, PBU from Corey White was a huge, huge part of the football game, not to mention the defensive stop he made on a fourth and short. And so Hawthorne, as even keeled as he always is, uh, seemed to be the same way in the locker room after the ball game. David, congratulations. Coach Payton described it as a as a team win tonight. I'm sure you're probably on the same page. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, it, it feels good for it all to come together tonight, you know, in front of the home crowd and, uh, and just guys executing. The game turns on an interception by you, and the, I think you were in there with Walker, aren't you, on that stuff on fourth and short? Yeah, yeah, man, that was uh, two key plays in the game, and that's what we preach, and that's, uh, that's kind of been our philosophy. It just hasn't happened for us, and they say they come in bunches, and tonight they did. How do you guys keep poised when a guy like Aaron Rodgers seemingly, at least for a while there, seemed to do whatever he wanted? I mean, coming into the game, we knew Aaron Rodgers was great, you know, and then after this game, he'll still be great, you know. So I guess it was it came down to just us executing the game plan and, and sticking to it. We had a philosophy that, you know, he's going to get his plays. He's going to be the great Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's, uh, it's about us just sticking to the script. Was there a changing something in the game? Obviously, the turnover has something to do with it. But as far as your ability to change the tone defensively, can you put your finger on a particular point or, or a series? I think I think, uh, I think what helped us tonight was uh, was us holding them to field goals, you know, versus touchdowns, you know, and uh, and coming up with critical stops when we needed them. And uh, that fourth down stop, the interceptions and stuff, it just kind of kept uh, kept Aaron off, off rhythm. Zero in more on that red zone defense for me. What's different about defending them there as opposed to in the open field. Uh, the, I mean, obviously the uh, the play selection is a little different, you know. And they and they're, and they're a team. They're a great team, so they do what they do, you know. So you just kind of got to stand up and stop them, knowing all the weapons that they have. And uh, we did a good job tonight. When you play a team like that, is a field goal to stop at the, <laughs> in a game like definitely, this? Definitely, definitely. Anytime a team gets in your red zone, uh, the field goal is uh, is the next best option, you know. And uh, we did a great job tonight. Congratulations. Thank you. Yep. All right, when we come back, let's not forget about those guys in the trenches, the linemen, Teron Armstead, will uh, help us uh, look back at last night's win in just a moment.
The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Still to come here on the Black and Blue Report, some Pelicans talk. Jim Eichenhofer stops by from Pelicans.com, and we're going to get you up to speed on a new contest, a good contest for both Saints and Pelicans fans a little bit later when John DeShazer pops back in. Let's continue our conversation about Saints and Packers from last night. As promised, the thoughts of a very happy Teron Armstead after the win. That's probably what? The most exhilarating performance of the season so far? Oh, yeah, hands down. <laughs> hands down, yep. You start the game with three runs offensively. I kind of set the tone a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, talking about it all week. Try to establish the run game and then it opened up the pass game. What was it about the offensive line tonight and your ability to obviously let Drew operate but also let Mark have one of his biggest games ever? I mean, it just came out. You just alignment and assignment. Just try to get a landmarks and let, let Mark and Cadet do their thing. The first half, can you put it into words for me what that was like as far as both teams mirroring each other for those first two quarters? It was a slugfest. I mean, that's what we, we planned for. Uh, we got a few turnovers in the second half that kind of made the game a little lopsided, but we, we, we planned for a slugfest. The momentum gained, let's start with the Hawthorne interception. You guys have still a long field to go, but did you feel the game swinging in your favor even after that first turnover? Anytime you get turnovers, you got to... Try to try your best to respond. Put any type of points on the board, especially with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers on the other side. So that's what we tried to do. You feeling okay? I think you were a little banged up tonight. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yep. Of course, Armstead and the Saints offensive line did a great job of letting Drew Brees operate last night and also helping Mark Ingram to a career-high 24 rushes for 172 yards, including a season-long 28-yard run and a 21-yard fourth quarter touchdown. Well done, guys. Get some rest. Basketball talk, Pelican style. Jim Eichenhofer, next. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare. 
with peace of mind. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk basketball. And not just basketball, but regular season basketball in the NBA. Hallelujah. The preseason's over. The opener's tomorrow night. It's at home even better. And uh, even better to have Jim Eichenhofer join us here from Pelicans.com on this Monday. Jim, we've been talking a lot of football, obviously, today uh, with the Saints' big win last night. But uh, certainly want to sneak in a little basketball talk. We'll do some more of it tomorrow. It'll be really heavy tomorrow uh, as we will be on game day against the Orlando Magic. But uh, Happy New Year, as I like to say. What do you think? Happy New Year to you. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, obviously people have been, been waiting a long time for the season to start. I'm excited for, obviously, the Pelicans, but also the NBA to be back and have games that count. So I can't wait to get it started tomorrow night. All right, give me one takeaway from the preseason and perhaps three storylines or key points for you as we start the regular season. Um, I think – the biggest thing I noticed from preseason was probably the biggest takeaway might be that the top six guys on the team, that unit looks really good. Monty mentioned it a few times that, that uh, you know, he's really confident in those guys. Um, there's definitely some more questions that need to be answered after the top six. But um, I think going into the season, that's probably the number one reason to be enthusiastic and optimistic about this team's chances to get back to the playoffs. Um, three things then I know it's always hard to do because you haven't seen the regular season game yet but give me three points I guess and, and this might be tied into your takeaway from the preseason give me though three things perhaps that are on your radar at least that you want to see or look for in these first few games I think one of the obvious things is knock on wood is just everybody being healthy I think right now it seems like everybody that has been on the court, which is actually fortunately the entire roster has been has been there for preseason. Everyone I think looks 100% or close to it. The only guy I think that has a little bit of ways to go is probably Drew Holiday because he's he still looks like he's trying to get into his rhythm a little bit. Um, Ryan looks really good. Tyreek looked great in the last three games of preseason that he played. So, I mean, that's one thing. Um, second thing is probably just – as I kind of alluded to earlier, who's going to step up among the reserves after the top six guys and Ryan is Anderson is right now the sixth man, who's going to be the seventh, eighth, and ninth man and who's going to play well um, off the bench. Third thing, storyline as far as the season goes, is what impact is Omer Ashik going to have on the defense? And not to put it all on him because it's definitely not all on him, but the last couple of years teams talked a lot about improving on the defensive end. Last year, I think they were 27th or 28th in efficiency, which is obviously not good and needs to be improved. So I think that might be the one of the biggest factors in terms of whether they how big of a jump they can make from 34 wins last season. All right, so the NBA didn't do the Pelicans any favors with the schedule here over the first four to six weeks. It's really tough. Um, but the, they did give them a favor in the fact that you play two at home here to start the regular season. I think that's significant. It allows you to get a little bit of, of a bounce here against Orlando and maybe even Dallas on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting way to start the season. Um, after as much traveling as the team did during preseason, it's probably nice to be home for 10, 12 days or whatever it is. Um, it's Yeah, the, as you mentioned, the beginning of the season is very tough, but hopefully they can get off to a good start. Orlando is a team that people – 
predict to be near the bottom of this the NBA standings, and then Victor Oladipo is out now, so that makes it even tougher for them short term. Dallas is going to be a really tough game, a really interesting game because of the moves that they made to pick up Tyson Chandler and Chandler Parsons. So it should be definitely a very interesting opening week, and then there's a bunch of tough games right after that in the second and third week of the season. No doubt. Hey, we're going to celebrate opening week. By the way, do you like the renovations at Smoothie King Center? Oh, yeah, I love it. Very cool. If you haven't seen those, you'll be able to see those, obviously, this week. Um, There's a lot of great stuff uh, that was added over the summer, not only um, outside the building but also on the inside as well. So that gives us a little extra juice here for opening week. But we want to do some giveaways as well to uh, celebrate the opening week of the NBA season. Tomorrow night against the Orlando Magic, there are a limited number of tickets available for that ball game. Uh, And we also have a T-shirt giveaway tomorrow night. The Pelicans will wear their brand-new red uniforms for the first time tomorrow night. And with that, uh, Smoothie King is helping the Pelicans give away T-shirts to everybody tomorrow night. Daniel's holding one up right now in Studio B. Those are nice shirts. I like them. They are. They're very cool. Let me see that, Daniel, real quick. Let's see here. Yep. Yep. It's the Wings logo on the front in all three of the team colors and Pelicans across the chest, just like the red uniforms will have uh, tomorrow night. It'll be a long uh, – I'm trying to think. I wonder if Oklahoma City, Jim, was the last time we saw a team name across the jersey of the New Orleans franchise because traditionally it's always been the city name. But if you remember, because of the dual city situation, we had a jersey that did say Hornets, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the only time through the whole, even going back to 2002, I think that's the only time that the nickname's been on the front of the jersey. So the home whites and the road blues will still have New Orleans across the front of the jersey, but these red uniforms have Pelicans across the chest. All right, so that's tomorrow night, T-shirt giveaway with, of course, um, uh, a sponsorship by Smoothie King. We also have a pregame block party starting at 5.30 tomorrow night. The weather's going to be fantastic. And then on Saturday against the Dallas Mavericks, uh, one of the more popular giveaways uh, done every season. I know it sounds uh, silly, but this is something that everybody wants. They always want that schedule magnet, and uh, that'll be coming your way thanks to Fox Sports New Orleans. That's on Saturday night against the Dallas Mavericks. Speaking of Fox Sports New Orleans, their first telecast is tomorrow night. Otherwise, coverage on the Pelicans radio network. Are you excited? You already picked out your game game opening game outfit there, Jim. I, I think I should probably wear something red. I I haven't yes. I haven't finalized it yet, but I just realized I need to go red tomorrow. I have been holding out on a special red uh, Pelican shirt to wear for tomorrow night, so I'm ready. I hope you are too. Uh, Jim will be with us, of course, all season long. Check out his ongoing coverage at Pelicans.com. Speaking of Pelicans.com and the Pelicans mobile app, we've got a great contest we're going to tell you about in just a moment when John DeShazer jumps back in for the final segment of the Black and Blue Report on this Monday. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. 
For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Sean Kelly, John DeShazer back with you here from Studio B as we get ready to wrap up the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, speaking of the black side of things, the Saints, let's go over their schedule here real quick. Well, actually, let's let's talk about this contest. You like you like winning things, don't you? I love winning. I hadn't won anything, but I, 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 <laughs> I would imagine if I ever did win something, I would love it. All right, so the Saints and the Pelicans have come up with a, a cool little contest here to uh, get more people on board. Uh, with carrying the Saints mobile app and the Pelicans mobile app on their mobile device. Uh, so many, I mean thousands of people have already latched onto this and have seen the benefits of this app, including yours truly. But uh, to encourage people to, uh, to uh, jump on board with us, we're incentivizing, is that the per- correct pronunciation? That's the right word. Right. That's it. Um, you, by uh, throwing a couple of contests out there to, uh, to get everybody on board. Let's, we'll start with the Pelican side. So, if you download the official team app, you'll be entered in a contest now to win two floor seats for the Chicago Bulls game February the 7th, okay? The official rules are at pelicans.com. But basically, by downloading the official team app between now and Sunday, you'll be entered to win two floor seats for the Bulls game February the 7th. Of course, the Pelicans app uh, is certainly built to enhance your uh, game experience, especially if you're at the Smoothie King Center watching the game, because now you get stats, scores from the, around the league and all that in real time. Uh, plus, you'll enjoy the exclusive content that comes our way uh, from Jim Eichenhofer, the entire digital media team, players, coaches, and whatnot. And that's year-round, of course, that includes video, uh, videos, photos, and whatnot. Now, Daniel, help me clear something up here. Um, if you already have the Pelicans app, are you, are you entered in this? Okay, so we're not leaving anybody out. Now, the same goes on the Saints side. You're entered to win a contest if you download the Saints app for your Apple or Android device. Um, it's available through the Apple Store. Google Play, I think, is a, one of the kind of fancy new ones. Um, or if you're an existing Pelicans app holder or Saints app holder, you're eligible. On the Saints side, it goes like this. Um, if you enter to win, or you're, if, you, uh, if you enter, you have a chance to win two club seats to the Ravens game on November the 24th, and a number nine jersey. Not bad. That will be Drew Brees. So are we eligible? I mean, we have the app, right? I'm going to see. Okay. And well, if I win, I ain't donating it to charity. I can tell you that. Okay. I'm donating to my charity, me. I'm, you? A, I'm a charitable case right now. Well, you have seats already at the game. You don't have club seats. Yeah. Well, you don't have floor seats for the Pelicans. No, I do not. Okay. I'm just hey. So I'm there's just probably looking. something in the official rules, which are available at pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, that excludes you and me. I would think. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, cool contest. It's yours through Sunday, um, and of course, I mean, you're already a winner, as they say, by having the app or getting the app for both of our two favorite teams. All right, very good. Okay, uh, tomorrow Pelicans. Magic. You ready, my friend? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, hopefully the Pels, not hopefully, the Pels are going to jump out of the chute, win a game, get to 1-0, and and then you know we're going to be fresh on our way to 82-0 and or 81-1 and or so. Right, right. No uh, Victor Oladipo tomorrow night for the Magic. He has a fractured face. Uh, that just, that's got to just 
be the worst. Yeah. Uh, and but we will get to see. I think young Alfred Payton. Yeah, whose uh, father is uh, he's from Louisiana, obviously. Dad uh, played football, uh, CFL, and I maybe oh, I think Alfred might have had a cup of coffee with the Saints too. I'm, I can't remember quite well, but I'm pretty sure he did. But um, you know, he's a pretty vocal guy, Alfred, the the elder yes. Alfred, and uh, the younger Alfred. You will know by his hair, from uh, what I recall. And uh, I have read that is you know still quite the sight to behold. Okay. So uh, yeah, but he'll get a he'll get a quick baptism because you know he's playing point guard and and uh, Drew Holiday is working his way back in and we know Drew can defend. If nothing else, we know Drew can defend. And uh, Drew's also also got the offensive thing going. In. It'd just be good to see the Pels see how these guys work it out offensively. They still got some kinks to kind of smooth out, but you know you don't really know what you have until you get into the regular season. So. Yeah, let's get at it. Yeah, I, I really feel good about this. It's going to be a tough start, man. The schedule is brutal here in November uh, coming up. But Orlando tomorrow night. John and I will have the call on the Pelicans Radio Network starting at 7 o'clock. Now, uh, back to the black and gold to kind of wrap the day up. What do we have in store for us here over the next couple of days? What is the challenge here that lies in front of Sean Payton and the Saints as they go from late night Sunday against the Packers to Thursday primetime against the Panthers? Well, these guys basically have to nurse their bodies and make sure that they get – to, to reasonable health heading into that Thursday night game. Short week, extremely short. And so all the bumps and bruises you accumulate on a Sunday night as opposed to a Sunday afternoon, even though it would be, you know, a, a few hours, but those few hours help. You got to try to smooth that out and try to get guys back to health. You got to hope that maybe, you know, a Jonathan Goodwin can return this week or maybe a Kyrie Robinson or a Pierre Thomas. You don't necessarily know. Saints certainly didn't seem to need most of those guys last night but you know having every available body especially when you're going on the road for an nfc south division game against the team that won the division last year you know everybody you know all hands on deck so um yeah they'll the players will be you know coaches and players will be pretty cautious this week is going to be basically mental preparation because you don't want to you know burn up the bodies and and get them out on the field and do a whole lot of heavy lifting and heavy running when you've got such a quick turnaround. So, you know, for them, that's going to be the challenge. For the media, is going to be, you know, pretty much uh, kind of hands-off because, you know, you got to get those guys prepared. And, and to get them prepared, you have to, you know, almost sequester them for this week. So there, there will be some availability. We'll hear from Drew Brees on Tuesday. We'll hear from uh, some guys on conference calls this week. But I'm not, probably not a whole lot of face-to-face time because it, the week is just so short. But there won't be a whole lot coming from the locker room. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, here's what we know today. Film study, rest, treatment, conference calls for head coach Sean Payton this afternoon, uh, Zach Streif and Curtis, Curtis Lofton. Lofton. Uh, and then uh, we'll have, if, if there's anything of significance, uh, some kind of a, a, a recap of this day, this Monday, on NewOrleansSaints.com uh, later on for you. And on your Saints app, by the way, too. So, perfect. Uh, John, thanks for coming. I know it was a quick turnaround after last night. Hey, man, that's what we do, man. You know, we, we're troopers when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're both out here early. And, uh, you know, unlike, uh, you know, not that I think about it, maybe we should let Coach Payton set our schedule, you know, give us a little downtime and, you know, rest the vocal cords or something or other. You know, we ain't battered and bruised up like an actual player. But, uh, you know, I'll take the rest anywhere I can get it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You let me know how that turns out, by the way. <laughs> Hey, I had a great Monday with you all. I appreciate it. Thanks again to uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Teron Armstead, David Hawthorne, Jim Eichenhofer as well from Pelicans.com. Uh, I, th- I think I tweeted yesterday, what a cool week to be in the position that, that John and I are in, uh, and that is this. Uh, two NFL games, two NBA games, all in the same week. 
um, with uh, things going on. You get the excitement at the start of an NBA season, and you get the excitement now of a, of a Saints team that uh, has a chance to be first place in their division by the end of the week. So good stuff. And, uh, and then Halloween, because uh, we haven't gotten to John's costume yet for Friday. So maybe later in the week we'll do that. All right, long enough for us here on this Monday. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Big black and blue report from the Smoothie King Center over in downtown New Orleans. And we'll also hear tomorrow from Saints and Pelicans President Dennis Lausha. He is on the show tomorrow to help us celebrate opening day for the New Orleans Pelicans. All right, gang, we'll see you later. That'll do it for Black and Blue Report on this Monday. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.